Welcome to a Stonewall's Perspective Podcast. We're on a mission to see lives changed by the gospel, one life at a time. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Stonewall's Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Stone. Today's episode is part two of my conversation with Trevor Hamaker about the five theological worlds. So please enjoy part two of the episode. in the journey okay um so as you were talking about the five theological worlds i was thinking about scripture that that backs this um so the first uh for the, for the first five the first of the five theological worlds um i was thinking back to a sermon series that my pastor did um on predestination and adoption and all of that um but i thought of ephesians 1 verse 5 having predestined us to adoption as sons by jesus christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will so we are separated from god but then ultimately we find our um our identity in christ because he has adopted us uh into his family um i i don't know why i thought of that but i did well, you, th- you, you thought of it because you've got a good mind for scripture. And, um, and that's exactly one of those connections. One of the ones that I think about is Colossians chapter one, where Christ is said to be the visible image of the invisible God existing before anything else was created supreme over all creation through him. God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He's the glue that holds all of this together, verse 17 says. He's, he uh, existed before everything else, and he holds all creation together. And so there, there is that sense of, of unity and harmony that, uh, that Christ brings so that our lives are not a chaotic jumble of messy events and episodes and incidents. There's a, there's a grounding unity and harmony to all of it, and he invites you to participate in it through the work that he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the second thing that I came, that I thought about when the in the second theological world conflict and vindication, I thought of Galatians five one, uh, which is talking about Christian liberty. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. So we have been set free. We have been vindicated uh, from our sins. There was a conflict of sin but then when christ died and rose again we have been vindicated of our sins and we are now made free and we don't have to be in the chains of sin and separation that that we have anymore yes that's exactly right and for this world though it's almost like sin sin is a problem but not so much on a personal level the problem Mm -hmm. the problem of sin is not that you you know, can't stop this bad habit, you know, and you, and you really should in this, in this world anyway. In this world, the real problem is really systemic injustice. So it's, yeah. it's, it's sin has basically warped and skewed uh, the way that society operates at a collective level. Um, and so for me, one of the verses that I go to with this is Revelation uh, chapter 21. And it's verses, you could do, you know, one through four, but primarily three and three and four, where uh, God is making his dwelling among among his people. And then verse four, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more 
uh, death or sorrow or crying or pain, all of those things are gone forever. And so there's just this sense of ultimate, um, uh, ultimate vindication that ripples out beginning with the kind of the power structures, the principalities and powers, um, and that ripples out and trickles down through all of our individual lives. But our individual lives in world two are kind of the afterthought, whereas the systemic oppression, the systemic injustice is really in, in primary view. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, so the condemnation and forgiveness, uh, the, the sin for that goes into the con- condemnation and forgiveness part. Yeah. If you're, yeah. So if you're looking at personal sin, uh, uh, then that's going to be a situation where you would see yourself. If, in other words, if you think through the lens of me as a sinner, if you would say I am a sinner, which mm-hmm. again is language that is that is not used nearly as it's not nearly used nearly as much today as it as it has been in centuries past. And part of that's because you know we're on a we're on a trend toward a post Christian society, and right. so so sin comes from the the times of Christendom. And when, when Christian uh, language and Christian belief kind of dominated in the public square. But if somebody is thinking along those lines and does carry that sense of conscience and guilt, uh, then then by all means, Christ can stand forth as the one who brings about forgiveness. And, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, I mean, I became a Christian in 1998. OK, that's when I was a senior in high school mm-hmm. and par- part of the gospel presentation that I heard that weekend did have to do with forgiveness. uh, I remember the guy saying, the speaker said that it was kind of like your sin is just like vomit that covers you. And, um, and, and God uh, is willing or God has made himself available to pick you up, clean you off and, and give you new life. And so forgiveness, that part of cleaning up, that was appealing. I, I guess at that point, I knew that I had done things that, you know, if there was a God would have been offensive to that God. Um, but I did not know. I had never heard that Jesus could somehow be kind of um, the the bringer of salvation, the forgive the, the bringer of forgiveness and salvation to me. And so I do think that there are still many people for whom Christ as the forgiving Savior is incredibly uh, attractive and appealing. Okay. Uh, that, that, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so the, the third uh, theological world, emptiness and fulfillment, people feel empty because they don't have Christ, but then once they have that relationship with Jesus, they they will find the things of Jesus uh, and talks about it in the book of John, that Jesus is uh, seven I am statements. I'm mm-hmm. the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door of the sheep. Uh, I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. So, so basically, what it's saying is that once they have that relationship with Christ, it will be fulfilled, and they will have um, those things that Jesus is talking about uh, in John. Yes. And so the, con- the kind of the co- I mentioned I can't get no satisfaction. The the video or the song that I used as kind of a contrast to counterbalance that is a song by Bethel Music called "Come to Me," mm-hmm. and in that song, um, I think it's Jen Johnson. 
she said she sings you know come to me it's from the perspective of god saying just come to me i am all that you need i am your protector i am your provider i am your rock I, you know i am all these different things like just come to me and you will find the fulfillment the purpose the satisfaction that you are longing for in all of these different places i remember um this past year at passion sadie robertson had done a message where I think she kind of uh, played around with this question of what are you seeking? What are you looking right. for? And yeah. ultimately from world three, what you're looking for is um, deliverance from this sense of insignificance, deliverance from this sense of emptiness. And so that is ultimately what Jesus brings um, right. in that world. But again, your primary identity is not found as, as sinner in that world, your primary identity is you aren't good enough, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's just, a, it's a, it's a slightly different angle, but it still uh, champions Jesus as the one who brings resolution. Right. Yeah. I listened to that message by Sadie. Yep. Um, and she was basically saying that we're trying to find all, our fulfillment in things like Instagram and, and, and social media or whatever. And we're never going to find it because all it brings about is, is um, things like anxiety and depression. And when we find our uh, confidence and hope in Jesus, we will be fulfilled and we will find that fulfillment in him and in him alone. Yeah, I thought it was a fantastic message. And I don't think that, it, that it's any coincidence. Or I think, I'm not sure how to say that. I'm not sure if it's a coincidence. <laughs> uh, I think that it is telling that the, the, the feeling that a person has in world three is as an outcast. Because mm -hmm. if you're trying to find fulfillment and co through comparison on social media, we are smart enough to recognize that my ordinary average day-to-day -day life does not compare with the highlight reels, you know, the highlight videos that are showing on people's, you know, uh, on people's Instagram feeds or, or whatever else they're posting on. And so inevitably I feel like their life is so much better than mine. And it creates this sense, you know, obviously FOMO, it creates this sense that I'm an outcast. I'm not fitting in. I don't measure up. I'm not enough. And to that, Jesus says, cut that out um, yep. cut with those feelings, because I said you are good enough. And that's mm -hmm. what's true about you. And so right. when, when, you know, that's where I love these ideas, uh, the voice of truth, you know, let that kind of crowd out and drown out the voice of the lies. And so again, I mean, again, I, my, my personal world is world three. And so those, so those things mean a lot to me, you know, because um, I'm always, yeah, I think I'm just like anybody. Well, I, that's the problem, right? I think I am just like anybody, but clearly yeah. other, you know, I think everybody lives in world three, but we don't, you know, everybody doesn't. And so I'm over here kind of presenting Christ as the one who can bring fulfillment and uh, to your emptiness. When in fact, there are some people that their primary sense is I'm, uh, I'm cut off from, uh, from, uh, from relationship. I'm cut off from God and I need to be explaining to that person how Jesus, uh, um, brings them back in. Or, you know, if I'm talking about emptiness and fulfillment and somebody else is really feeling like, yeah, but you don't know what I did last night. I'm dirty, right? Well, then they need to hear the language of forgiveness and freedom in that. And so, um, and so it's helpful to just think through all these different lenses uh, and how 
each one of these different theological worlds can help reach a student wherever he or she is. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Um, so then the, the fourth one that we kind of already went over when I was talking about the second world, but we're going to go over sure. it a little bit again, condemnation and forgiveness. We've been condemned uh, to hell by our sins, but there's that forgiveness um, from Christ that he has given us as he rose again uh, from the grave, taking all of, all of our sins uh, on himself so that we don't have to carry them uh, anymore. John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish and have everlasting life. And then the fifth one is suffering and endurance. Um, so as I thought about suffering, I thought about what it talks about, in the book of, of James, uh, talking about how we're going to go through trials and tribulations, but they're um, they producing endurance, and I have it right here. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Uh, and, and it goes on till like verse 7 or 8. So that's kind of what I thought about when I when I looked at that uh, while you were talking about it. Yeah, no, you're exactly so. right. And Paul says something very similar in Romans chapter five, uh, verses three through five, talking about rejoicing in trials because they're producing mm -hmm. endurance, which leads to character um, and the hope of salvation. And um, I, I, he, book of Hebrews is my favorite biblical book. And um, I find something here in Hebrews 12 where it's this idea of we're surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses. So let us strip off every weight or sin that slows us down. Uh, let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. He's the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And so yeah. for, for me, there's just this sense throughout that kind of pervades the book of Hebrews of don't give up. Don't back down. Don't grow dull. Be diligent and persistent and keep going, knowing that for the joy set before him, Christ went to the cross. And for the joy that God holds out for you, you can get through this, too. Mm -hmm. All right. That, that, that is that's very good. I love I love the Apostle Paul and how he puts things. Um, I'm not sure. wasn't Wasn't Paul the author of Hebrews? Does anyone know? <laughs> it's it's debated. It's very de it's okay. debated. Nobody knows. All right, yeah, that's what I thought, but I wasn't 100 percent sure. So, so once again, a theological world is basically the way that uh, someone naturally engages with their faith. Um, yes, and and it's formed by the rhythm that pulses between what a person perceives as the ultimate dilemma of life. And the resolution of that dilemma. Yes, that's exactly right. And uh, you know, I do wonder how much of that is how much of that is formed from nature versus nurture. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know, honestly. I don't know if anybody can quite splice that out in any fine detail. Um, you know, but if you think about whatever personality type you have, what is it that made you that way? You know, um, I think that maybe psychologists will continue to debate all of that. But for whatever reason whether nature, nurture, or some combination of both, these are the, the primary ways that we kind of interpret our, our lives. These are the lenses through which we interpret our lives, and they ultimately give rise to how we experience and express our faith. 
And mm-hmm. if and if and if these uh, if these different methods or that these different kind of expressions aren't made available to us, then my fear is what's happening for some young people, not all, but some, is that they're feeling like there's no room for me here. And so mm-hmm. they're abandoning faith when it could have just been we needed to expand their understanding and expand their their ability to express their faith in different ways. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so so basically, um, the the what this is is just different houses of um, different like theology standpoints. Um, how you view your your life and how you should do it. Yes. Sorry, I'm, I'm not. I'm it's good, man. Concept, so. That's right. No, it's perfect. Um, okay. I think about my house, right? I, I my house, I have. Um, uh, I have a basement and I have two bedrooms upstairs for my two kids. Um, and of course I have a master bedroom as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now that works well. I have a family of four. If however, uh, I had a family of five or a family of three, then this house would be either too big or too small. It wouldn't fit us just right. And so, um, at that point I would need to find a different house. I mean, you know, if you think about why people, move houses if they're not, you know, changing locations and all of that. I got a friend who just bought a new house. He moved in today or yesterday. Um, and, you know, why did he, why did he do that? Well, because his old house no longer worked for his family's situation. And so in that case, he just, he moved to a, to a new house. And my contention is, is that when it comes to Christian faith, these different worlds or these different expressions are simply different houses in the neighborhood called the kingdom of God. And, uh, I, and I fear that there are young people who feel like because the, let's say, you know, the current, the dominant theological world that they've been exposed to or, uh, or encountered, because that world is no, it really does not support them. They're feeling like they have to, leave Christian faith altogether because they didn't understand that there are, um, there are other viable, faithful ways to talk about Jesus, to engage with Jesus and to express your faith. Mm -hmm. So, but ultimately um, whatever theological world that any one of us could be in, ultimately Christ has rescued us from those, the separation and conflict and emptiness and condemnation and suffering and has given us reunion uh, with him. He has vindicated of our, us of our sin. He has fulfilled us and given us forgiveness of our sin. And ultimately because of that, we can endure whatever happens to us uh, in life. That, that's exactly right. And that's what makes this distinctively Christian as opposed mm-hmm. to some kind of other kind of new age philosophy or anything like that, or just a basic personality test is that it's, right. it's ultimately saying that the, the dilemma, the, the problem, the pain that has been, that has, that has come into our lives is the, um, is the outworking of sin that has come into the world. Okay. So that's kind mm-hmm. of point number one that makes this highly theological and uh, Christocentric or Christ-centered. The ultimate thing that makes this Christian is that whatever a person perceives that ultimate dilemma to be, the answer to it is 
Jesus Christ and what he's yep. done for us on our behalf. And so resolution is found in Christ, whether that resolution, again, you know, like you talked about, looks like reunion or fulfillment or uh, vindication or endurance, whatever the fulfillment looks like, it is brought about because of one's uh, connection to and relationship with Jesus Christ. That's good. Uh, Trevor, um, there is, I have hit the 46 minute mark and oh. I kind of, um, this is a long episode. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to probably have to cut you off in just a few minutes. Okay. Uh, but thank you uh, for coming and joining uh, today's episode. Um, before before you go, you wrote a book called Considering Christianity, How to Believe in a Secular Age. Yes. Um, just real quick, what do, what do you talk about in that book? Uh, in that book, I talk about, uh, I basically build up a case for the Christian gospel, for the message of Jesus from the ground up. And that came from extensive conversations with high school students who had heard of different apologetic methods. They'd read some Tim Keller. They'd read some Robbie Zacharias. Uh, mm. and, and for whatever reason, the dots weren't connecting. And so I just took the approach of what if you started from, the gr from ground zero and built the case up from there? As simple as what are your actual options? Does God exist? Yes, no, maybe. And that puts you in an atheistic, agnostic, or theistic camp. Well, what are the reasons for or against each of those positions? And then ultimately, we present Christ as the one who makes the most sense of the stories of our lives and the reliability of the Gospels. And so it's my best attempt to begin from ground zero to build a case for today's students uh, for the compelling nature of who Jesus is. I love that. So it's called Considering Christianity, How to Believe in a Secular Age. And you can and people can find it on Amazon. Yes, it's available. All right. That's good. That's good. I'm going to get it uh, as soon as possible. Uh, once again, thank you for being on today's episode. Um, I hope that my listeners, listeners enjoyed uh, what we were talking about. Um, so with that being said, that is coming to an end of today's episode. Once again, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It has everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. First of all, Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. So if you are looking to record a podcast, go to the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed. You can also check us out at Stonewall's Perspective on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with the latest news. Stay anchored.